welcome. Welcome. I'm not going to argue. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. Today we will be reviewing the Golden Globe Darling Nomadland. <laughs> Directed, written by, edited by Chloe Zhao. Oh, I didn't realize she was the editor. Yeah. Yeah. She said she grew up uh, on manga. Oh. And so she like actually prefers editing to anything else because she just kind of sees things in pictures okay very cool yeah this was a gorgeous movie and notably uh there's no asian people uh in the movie Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that an asian person didn't direct right and edit (laughs) and that's why we're (laughs) reviewing it yeah i didn't see any asian people in it but you know she used a lot of real life nomads playing fictionalized mm-hmm. versions of themselves mm-hmm. um so i feel like it's not like she purposely you know cast mm-hmm. people you know it was and she's going to be directing eternals coming up um for marvel which is you know has Camille and mm-hmm. uh, Gemma chan uh, among many others also, so, this movie didn't like need Asian people. I think that no, she was trying I mean, to like tell a story yeah. about a subset of Americana that it just would have been, <laughs> I don't want to say inauthentic, but just like what would the point be <laughs> of like putting Asian people in there? Right. It would have been one, it would have been like seeing me, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, maybe in that part of town. It's canon that actually it was a lot of uh, white passing Asian people in the movie, <laughs> including Frances McDormand. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a story following Fern, mm-hmm. Frances McDormand's character, um, and living the nomad lifestyle, which is pretty solitary. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Who, and the people she comes across, I think, are very uh, fun, interesting people. I, we've never done a, just the one that was directed by someone. So should we go through the movie or should we talk more about her and her career? We can do both. I have scenes I'm excited to talk about that have nothing to do with being Asian. Um, yeah. They're just the scenes that I liked. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it opens on this text that says mm-hmm. in January, on January 31st, 2011, due to the reduced demand for sheetrock, mm-hmm. the U.S. gypsum uh shut down their plant in uh empire nevada after 88 years by july empire zip code was discontinued so that's where we start with them um, you know then we meet fern francis dorman she's going through her storage um picking up some stuff leaving other stuff um and then she's on the road in her van and it felt very uh as someone who was obsessed with the movie and book Wild in high school, okay, this was a good, I think, direction to take this movement. It felt more nuanced. It felt like Wild is about a re- like decently wealthy woman who just like goes on sort of a difficult vacation, basically. Um, though purposely through a tough hike. <laughs> yes. Um, that I think like resulted in a 
like heightened popularity of like van life and what mm -hmm. I feel like every other person in the Bay Area made this their personality. Um, and this is looking at the people who live this way out of practicality and not for like their off the grid Instagram account. Right. I mean, a lot of them, it sounds like, um, choose to stay on the road because they, mm -hmm. they really like the lifestyle. Others like, are doing a gap because they kind of have to and are saving up money until they can, you know, stay mm -hmm. in one place. Yeah. Interesting comparison to Wild, certainly. I hadn't it thought about that movie in a long time. <laughs> it had the same, like, wow, women can do anything, like, effect women on me. in nature. <laughs> yeah. Wait, she walked so far. <laughs> but, like, really, I was astonished at 18 and also now watching that, like, I just, there were things in both where I was like, wait, women can't do that. <laughs> but then they did, and it was good. Yeah. I, uh, in my high school class, it was called reading the movies, and pretty much we would just watch movies. Um, mm -hmm. And then sometimes he would, like, I think twice in the whole year, he had us take, like, a multiple choice test about <laughs> the plots of the movies we watched. Um, but we would, we were watching seriously, like, nonstop Russell Crowe movies. And I, I had to be like, hey, can we watch like any movie that stars a woman that has like a female lead or somebody that is just not a man or not Russell Crowe? <laughs> <laughs> and so his pick then was wild. And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like interesting, interesting, interesting choice. It was big, oh. definitely big then. But, I feel like that was like the woman movie that came out that year. Yeah, that and like big eyes, I feel. Um, yeah, it sounds like your teacher just Googled woman <laughs> movie as you were talking to him. And he was like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. okay, whatever, we'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so then Fern, she uh, pulls up to this like, RV um, lot. Um, she's there with the Amazon camper mm -hmm. fleet. Mm -hmm. um and so she goes she works at this amazon warehouse um with her friend linda may um she hangs out with linda may shows her, her like custom build and her uh then her using her husband's fishing box and mm -hmm. the plates that her dad collected that he gave her mm -hmm. um She's hanging out at this sporting goods store. I mean, if you want to go into any more detail, feel free to stop me. But I, yeah, I thought that the, the Amazon part was in, and has like received some criticism um, because yeah. they don't criticize Amazon at all, which was why Amazon let them film at so, their warehouse. Yeah, so I, I found um, a quote from her in which she's talking about this. And how people are calling Nomadland apolitical because mm -hmm. of not criticizing Amazon, and, mm -hmm. you know. And Fern even says at one point, um, like, "Oh yeah, it's good money." It's good money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Chloe Zhao finds it. She says baffling um, that people think it isn't political. She says, you know, for instance, when Bob Wells gives the speech um, when we first meet him about you know, uh, lifeboats and, and the state of the country. 
Um, she's like, that's the most social speech I've ever heard. I'm from China. Um, and she's like, when, you know, Linda May was talking about her su- suicidal feelings that stem from her depression about having nothing in her 70s after working her entire life. Um, she closed out just believes that Amazon is an easier villain for people to point to um, rather than the structural issues that enable um, the camper force, Amazon's camper force to exist. Mm. She says that's why she filmed the warehouse scenes at Amazon the same way as she filmed the scenes of Fern cleaning the toilets at the campground Mm. and shoveling the beets in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. She says, if you look deeply, the issue of elder care, that is um, the issue of elder care as a casualty of capitalism is on every frame. It's just, yes, there's a beautiful sunset behind it. I think that is a good point. So I, I do like that she has addressed it. I do agree, like, you know, of course, Amazon is a terrible company that do- doesn't treat its workers well. But, you know, probably in this was what she could do when they told her, you know, you can't criticize if we're going to, if you're going to film here. Yeah. That's how and she someone, probably combated yeah. it. And someone had raised the issue of like, well, why didn't you just have it at like another warehouse that was like implied to be Amazon so that you could? And I wonder what the, like efficacy of that would have been it well it sounds like it's they're going off of like the seasonal work that these people get and the mm-hmm. amazon camper force is mm. a you know a big part of of the seasonal work that the nomads take yeah every year. yeah that makes sense yeah i think i was like a woman that's what I feel more comfortable speaking to of like did this succeed as a feminist text and I think it did by a lot Mm -hmm. um but from like people who are from like lower income backgrounds than me if they have criticism for it I don't necessarily feel like it's my place to be like I thought it actually did a good like (laughs) yeah I think I think I like how she addressed it because it shows that she did think about it and she did have reasons Mm -hmm. for doing it and it wasn't just like oh I didn't think of the implicate like um I think that's a good response I also think it's not my place to say that was a good response right I think um yeah I don't know there were you know we can talk about this more I guess when we talk about her career but Mm. she her previous two movies and this one people are you know criticizing her for like playing into poverty porn as they call it Mm. um because like her first movie uh, takes place on a reservation in South Dakota. Her mm-hmm. second movie, The Rider, which I watched last night, um, it's about like a rodeo uh, mm-hmm. rider in South mm-hmm. Dakota. Wow, she's like obsessed with the Dakotas. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, it's not like when she was in her third year at uh, NYU, mm-hmm. she was looking at places and thought South Dakota looked really beautiful. And spent some spent like year or so there and just learning about the people and and found these stories to make movies about somebody willie white who is a lakota filmmaker um and community organizer who lives on the reservation that she um made her first movie on um recalls thinking when he, he watched her first movie it fell into those tropes a lot of us have started our careers around which was um, taking back our narratives and playing into poverty porn. 
And then the article goes on to say that comments that it's, um, at least to the writer of the article, it seems like an impossible ballad, uh, battle at the heart of representation, wanting to acknowledge the wounds that exist and draw attention to neglect and oppression while not trying to reduce those things on screen yeah. um, and escape from expectation of miserabilism. Um, and then when they ask Chloe Zhao about it, she says she's going to take those things more into consideration because um, they are deeply rooted in the psyches of people who grew up here, not in hers because she's not, you know, yeah. American. Yeah. Um, and she says the thing about her movies is in the end, she leaves, but their lives continue. Which I yeah. think is definitely when I hear about filmmakers doing this kind of thing, you know, yeah. I yeah. feel like they don't really acknowledge that. Yeah, we leave and they continue in their situations mm-hmm. that they that we sh- don't do movie about. Yeah, um, and and like we'll I guess we'll see when she comes out with the next movie. But like I trust that she is going to take this step and consider. Like it sounds like she responds to and listens to feedback that she gets. I'm excited. It, yeah, and I think in in reading the interviews that I read this week, she the reason like she connected with the story she connected with is because of something from her own, either from her own life or like a feeling of, you know, wanting to leave her hometown and, or trying mm-hmm. to stay, which is, I guess, a major theme in her first film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like very interested in human stories. And so mm-hmm. um, that's why she wanted to be a filmmaker. So, but I mean, I think that's why most people yeah. want to be filmmakers. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think it ever seems to come out of like, bad intentions or right but I do I do definitely understand the criticism of this movie where Amazon and Mm -hmm. major studios are profiting off of showing these people who are Mm -hmm. playing fictionalized versions of themselves yeah but have gone through these difficult times Mm -hmm. yeah also I do want to say like the line where she says it's good money like I didn't feel like she meant that like I feel like no one is thinking like she loves her job at Amazon she's like yeah. clearly just like a practical person who wants to like say something polite well I also like in that, that scene in that scene too like they're like you need a place to stay we're so worried mm-hmm. about you and exactly like, oh yeah. you're homeless so I feel like it yeah to take that line as an endorsement of Amazon is I just I didn't read it that way yeah, yeah definitely an interesting point about it but I uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm one to speak to that uh, side of things either. But I do think in terms of it being, I don't know, like it, it can feel like whatever, it's punching down. But I also think there's the punching up or side, I don't know, like uh, on Stradia Lab, they talked about how a lot of times it has been like the people with power telling the stories of the people without power. So like white anthropologists going and like documenting like tribal life or men writing stories about women and this is like finally we're having like maybe gay people tell straight stories and like Mm -hmm. a Chinese woman tell an American story Mm -hmm. and I do think that is like yeah why would you not have people who like observe and have a good perspective on these kinds of lifestyles tell those stories they would be extremely qualified yeah I I definitely agree with that point I think another criticism that it gets is that she is privileged in a uh, like wealthy mm-hmm. way you know she mm-hmm. she uh, 
self-funded the first you know she, or she like wow. she mostly funded her first film and raised the rest of the money um and then like self-funded her second film mm-hmm. um there is you know there is some definite privilege in that aspect mm-hmm. which is i think another reason why people are criticizing this particular part of the film because i do agree that you know she isn't privileged in a lot of ways too mm-hmm. as a director um in hollywood and also because again i like i don't know i guess i'm like feeling anxious to like front load this by like addressing what because like i did love this movie yeah oh I yeah really, i love this movie oh I my god this movie. and women and people of color and certainly women of color are held like we would not be having this conversation about a white male director who was doing like poverty porn. We would be like, right. he's an outdoor. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, yeah. For whatever reason, women and people of color are held to the standard of like uh, having perfect nuance in every situation. Right. And I, I do think like her, her saying like she intentionally put in every mm-hmm. frame her her view of this and capitalism and elder care, you know, and then whether or not audiences pick up on that or interpret that as Mm -hmm. an audience. But Mm -hmm. it is, I think, good to hear that she did take care to put that, you know, message throughout the movie. Because that is obviously a major part of the movie. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love this movie. Um, Just so many scenes where I think one of the reasons that I love Sex in the City so much is because I am like constantly figuring out like how to behave as a woman mm-hmm. and everyone looks to media for an example of that I think and so in Sex in the City they're like a lot older than we typically see women like mm-hmm. Samantha is going through menopause by the second movie and I feel like I'm constantly like what is my life going to be like when I'm older because in Hollywood like women basically disappear after they're like <laughs> 38 yeah and so I'm like, what are my 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s going to be like? I know what they'd be like if I were a man. And this, mm-hmm. I don't know, she's outlived her husband, which is something that I assume is going to happen to me, but have no like tools on how I'm like, I just wonder what that's going to be like and what yeah. resources I'll have. And the line when someone asks her like, are you married? And she's like, I am, but my husband died. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably exactly how I would phrase it, but she's clearly phrasing it like that after having tried out other phrasing that like yeah. didn't feel right like stuff like that where I was like thank you for doing the work so that I don't have to figure out what to say when <laughs> my husband dies yeah yeah totally and I think something that I when I um was kind of going back through this movie yesterday I was thinking a lot about I think you and I um and our friend Nat talked about this last week but like how it sometimes feels like when you write something it has to be based on your experience it has to Mm. have you on the page in some way Mm -hmm. uh, like either casting or you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. but it was kind of I was thinking like this is cool like Chloe Zhao obviously doesn't look like any of these people she doesn't have the Mm -hmm. same experiences as any of these people Mm -hmm. like it's kind of freeing to be like oh yeah I could (laughs) write a movie like this and it's still it doesn't have to be like yeah. my personal experiences I mean obviously okay. but it's just like sometimes that's the kind of mindset that people put on like I feel yeah. like women women of color people of color 
mm-hmm. when they create things like oh how yeah. come it doesn't like completely mirror <laughs> your life experience yeah, yeah. Is this yeah. autobiographical in some way? Are you sure it's not? <laughs> yeah, there, I feel like part of why this like criticism is being lodged against her, and again, it is valid criticism, but I do think something at play is there's this like subconscious American attitude of like, why is this Asian person not telling an Asian story? What's going on? Like something's afoot. Right, whereas maybe, maybe with When Eternals Come Out, People are like, oh yeah, okay. This I see. I see. I see. They say, okay, there's some Asian people in here. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. Check. check. <laughs> yeah. Is this Marvel movie autobiographical in some way? Are you sure you're not a superhero? <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me or do Asian people have the identity stone? All right. So let's see, where do we leave off? Um, okay, so then we we get to the scene in the uh sporting goods store where she does run into those people mm-hmm. they're like you need a place to stay come stay with us we're worried about you she's like i'm good really mm-hmm. <laughs> she hangs out with linda may linda may tells her has this beautiful monologue about suicidal feelings after mm-hmm. learning what her social security benefits were after working her whole life um beautiful scene Mm-hmm. Um, and how she came to Bob Wells and the the RTR, as they call yeah. it, rubber tire rendezvous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something, something like that. Something very uh, Burning Man. Yeah. Um, so she invites Fern to come by having a meetup at, in Arizona. And Fern's like, uh, I'm okay. I don't know that I'll go. And she's like, oh, I really hope that you come. I'm going to make you a map anyway. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines too. I just was like, this is such a good way to respond of like, I am like not ignoring what you want or what you're saying. I just like, and I'm not going to, I just feel like if a man wrote it, it would have been like, oh, come on, you got it. But she was like, no, you are coming. <laughs> yeah. But she was like, well, I want you to be there. I'll make yeah. you a map in case you change your mind. Like, I really just like it when people talk to each other in a nice way. Yeah, and I think like that <laughs> seemed to be the heart of <clears throat> this movie. Okay. It's just how how nice these people were, how much they cared for each other, but also respected that everybody's on their own journey. Yeah. Um, in this lifestyle. And I loved Linda May. She's so nice. I loved her. Um, so then yeah, she's spending New Year's Eve or New Year's, New Year's Eve alone. Um, the Amazon job is over, but she can't really afford to stay at the RV park for the whole month. Um, they don't she, even give them like a good deal. Like it's so no, expensive, and they're really all expensive. obviously unemployed. Yeah. Um. So she's like, I think I'm gonna try to get a job around here. And the lady at the RV park's like, Oh, good luck. It's tough. Yeah. And so then she goes and tries to get a job, but there's really nothing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she parks at this gas station. A lady comes by and is like, "There's a church down the road." Mm-hmm. She go. She's like, "No, <laughs> yeah, fine," <laughs> but politely because Fern is very polite. And also, like yes. the woman comes over and she's like, "They said I was allowed to be here," and she's like, "Yeah, no, it's fine. Like you can be here if you want, but like if you're gonna for get a cold. hot meal, yeah." yeah. Um. And it does get very cold. Oh. So she goes, she decides to go to Arizona and meet up with Linda May in the RTR group. Mm-hmm. Um, Good thing she got that map. 
Yeah. And so she gets some food. They they sit around the campfire and tell stories about why they decided to go on the road mm-hmm. for this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Wells gives the speech about why they do it um, or like why he is the leader of this kind of group and why he's just trying to help people mm-hmm. um, navigate this part of their lives. She talks to Bob Wells. He's like, uh, he, he thinks she's going to find the answer um, that she's looking for mm-hmm. in this lifestyle. She takes classes about stealth parking, tires, how to dump mm-hmm. your waste. Mm-hmm. It all seemed really fun. Yeah. Yeah. She meets Dave. Yes. Um, who we'll see again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, she and the gals, Swanky and Linda, and, uh, Linda May go to this like RV show and they're trying to ask about jobs and then they like hang around in this huge RV. And, and like in these scenes, she's like talking and I just like, I would love to practice talking this way or it is something that I'm looking forward to about growing older mm-hmm. is like, there's like a little like swap and shop kind of deal and she's like talking to this guy and she's like look how pretty this thing I found is he's like oh that's nice and she's like but it's mine like (laughs) yeah I was just like the way she talks how she's not just trying to like she doesn't do up talk she's not trying to like seem sweet or agreeable like undercut herself yeah yeah she just is like saying what she means which comes across as kind of like gruff or whatever but it is just like what happens when a woman doesn't spend 30 percent of a sentence like trying to make other people comfortable yeah exactly so then she she goes to this bar she dances with dave then the meetup is over everybody's leaving she's like fixing up her van she works at a rock yard or yeah, it's like I can only describe it as a rock yard. It is a rock yard, essentially. <laughs> they just sell souvenir rocks. rocks and she has to sort them by color. Yeah. It's like yeah. slash like you can come and sell your rocks. Yeah, at the rock yard. <laughs> she meets Derek, this like young uh young guy who bumps a cigarette off her. Mm-hmm. Um she gets a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Um, she has Swanky for a ride to town um, and is and is loans her the money if Fern is going to help her paint her van. Swanky's like dumping all of her, getting rid of a bunch of her stuff, uh, yeah. but she's not feeling well. Fern kind of takes care of her, gets her some water, lets her rest. Then we learn that uh, Swanky has cancer that's spread to her brain and that her doctors only have her uh, only think she'll live for a few more months mm-hmm. and so she says she doesn't want to spend you know another minute in a hospital inside she wants to she's going to go back up to alaska where she um this is the the infamous swanky monologue that everybody <laughs> online is loving wow um, that's all I've seen in the reviews I've read on really? the box is people like i love when swanky talks about the sparrows um and this is that <laughs> moment when she talks about going to Alaska and how she once saw these, like, like this huge swarm of sparrows and mm-hmm. reflected in the water and she felt like she was flying with them and saw the little eggshells mm. of um, the newborn sparrows. Mm-hmm. And so she just wants to go and they live some of her favorite memories. Yeah. 
I have really, I watched this movie, I think back to back with Some Kind of Heaven, which is a documentary about a retirement community that is referred to oh, as like, yeah. yeah, it's like the Disney world of retirement communities. Wow. Um, which I know is the words to get you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. Now I've been thinking about watching that. Now I think I definitely will. <laughs> I loved it. But so it, it just made me think a lot about like what my end of life plan is going to be. Yeah. Because like I want to do something fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I think most people after a certain age, especially if you're a woman and you become like unfuckable, people are kind of just like I would really rather not think about you I'd rather not think about like being old it like depresses me um, yeah but like someday I'm gonna be old and I would love to have a good time yeah and these both seem like well I'd probably rather do the nomad land thing um yeah I'm glad you went on a road trip it made me sad that like she also was like I worked the whole time and then I had nothing to show for it like I just yeah. I, w- I hope that these two movies and other ones put us in like a mindset that is geared more towards retirement, not as like an end goal, but as like, this is something else that I need to prepare for to enjoy. Yeah. All of the stories you hear <laughs> in the movie are just like, wow, we, they, we don't do anything to take care mm-hmm. of our older population at all in this country. Yeah. Like what? I I didn't know that much about social security. I kind of assumed that it worked. Um, so hearing that it yeah. doesn't was uh, eye-opening for me. And obviously yeah. not eye-opening for plenty of people who understand that reality, but. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's see, she, uh, Fran, or I just call her Fran, but that's. Cause well, because they named the character Fern after Francis. Yeah, that's why I always so, get confused. You can call um, her Fran. You have my Fran Fern. Yeah. So she helps Swanky with the haircut and tells her like she really regrets um, not helping her husband in the hospital maybe go sooner mm-hmm. and release him from the pain he was in. And Swanky's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe you didn't want to. Maybe you want to spend more time there. Yeah. Maybe you should just be nice to yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you did a great job taking care of them. Fran goes and travels, sees some yeah. sites. Goes um, to Badlands. Goes to Badlands, works at a campsite with Linda May. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda May is talking about she's going to go build this zero waste house. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds really cool. Um, they have a fun time working together. Mm-hmm. Um helping people with birthday parties and the spa day. (laughs) Um, Dave also works there as a tour guy. They do a tour of the Badlands. And he's kind of flirting with her. I like seeing old people flirt. He's flirting with her, definitely. Um, Then Linda May leaves. It's really really hard for them both because they're such good friends. Um, And then, oh, I hated this scene when Dave, when she's like, got ants in her van so she's cleaning mm-hmm. things out and dave's like hey let me help move this box and mm-hmm. pff, crashes all of her like breaks all of the plates place. yeah i was so mad at dave i was too but again like i liked because she was like i don't need help and he was like i'll help and then he broke yeah. all the plates and she was like go over there for a little bit and yeah. he's like no need to yell and she's like I don't know. I just like that is how I like that kind of stuff to get resolved. She doesn't like talk about it. She just is like, 
I'm obviously very mad right now. Please do what I asked. Go over there for a little bit so yeah. I can like just do what I want. Like yeah. I just love to talk to people that way. I think when I watched this, I was like, oh my gosh, now Dave is dead to me. Um, <laughs> and then Jordan was like, he was just trying to help her. He was trying to help. <laughs> yeah. He was just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I liked, I just, I appreciated that she was like mad right now. So yeah. Go away. And so then she fixes the plates uh, through the night. Now she's working at the campsite by herself. Um, then we have this interaction with the well, like older women who are asking her if she's married that I just loved. Like these people, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. I just like, they are from this part of the country, 100%. Like oh. they are these women. Could not believe it. In what um, way? Just this, the type of women that they are and the way they talk mm-hmm. and mm. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, and then she's helping Dave because he's sick, mm-hmm. um, has to go to the hospital and have surgery because he has some kind of, I think they call it like divers infection or something like mm-hmm. that, some kind mm-hmm. of infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gonna head up to Waldrug and work there. Mm-hmm. And, offers to see if they have work for her mm-hmm. which is really nice and so then they go work at wild drug um which jordan was like wow because he's from you know the dakotas so yeah he, he recognized the wild drug really and the like reptile garden they went to and the 80 foot dinosaur whoa um, yeah he was cool. very excited about that that is stuff. really exciting yeah i swear i thought <laughs> I thought Dave was going to propose at the 80 foot dinosaur, but he was just <laughs> taking a picture. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, of course. By the time I had come back around, because I did realize, yeah, he was just trying to help her. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I was like, no, of course, he's just taking a picture. Why would he propose? <laughs> hey, man. It's end of life. You might as well shoot your shot. I guess so. Um, and then Dave's son comes um, and. He's going to have a baby, wants Dave to come and see the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave is not sure because he wasn't really there mm-hmm. um, for his son as a father growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, as Francis to go with him, she politely says, like, either no or I'll think about it kind of yeah. response. Yeah. Um, then he's off. He leaves and she's... She goes to work at a beet. Yeah, sugar beet processing plant. In Nebraska. Um, Swanky Center video of the sparrows. Yeah. Um, I thought that footage was shown. I liked the way that that was yeah. shot. Yeah, I did too. Um, her car won't start, mm-hmm. so she needs like 2300 to fix it. Mm-hmm. She goes and visits her mo- her sister to get mm-hmm. the money. She kind of gets into it with her brother-in-law, who he and his friends are like all realtors or something like that. Yeah, something and like they're like, realty always pays off or it's a great investment or something. And she's like, actually, I hate to disagree with you, but. Yeah, yeah wait, how was this an apolitical movie? Literally? Yeah, she's like, how is that a good investment? You make people go into debt. Mm-hmm for houses they can't afford yeah and then he's like well we can't all just chuck everything and go on the road like you and she's like is that literally what you think (laughs) 
I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah. her sister's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's yeah. all just stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gets the money from her sister. Her sister wished she had been around more. It sounds like Fern has always been kind mm-hmm. of looking for what else is out there on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to meet people. Yeah. Maybe she killed her husband so she could go have this adventure. Yeah, actually, conspiracy theory. A really interesting subplot. <laughs> yeah, that would really change. I think that would really change the movie. <laughs> She'd become a bit of an anti-hero. Yeah, I guess. But so. I'd still like it. <laughs> um, she runs into Derek again, the young kid. Mm-hmm. Um, travels through what looked to me like maybe California. Yeah, know. she goes. Well, her sister lives in California. In oh, okay. She visits Dave. Um, spends Thanksgiving with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes back to work at Amazon. And um, his family keeps being like, we're so glad Dave found someone. Adding to my theory that men are obsessed with commitment and women are like, I kind of <laughs> just want to do my thing. We don't even yeah. really have a good connection. I don't. <laughs> pretty much li- like right after that, she leaves. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I would too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then she goes back to Amazon. It's another New Year's, so been about a year mm-hmm. she goes to the rtr meetup mm-hmm. uh, everybody's throwing rocks in the fire for swanky mm-hmm. um implying that swanky's gone um Bob and says, then, i'll see you down the road yeah it's this scene was is beautiful between her and bob wells and they're talking mm-hmm. about francis mcdorm's talking about her husband and mm-hmm. the life in empire and then bob wells is talking about his son Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, beautiful scene, and he says, "Yeah, see, see you down the road," because it's not a final goodbye; it's just to see you down the road. Yeah, um, gonna cry thinking about it. So I know, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> uh, so then Francis McDormand goes back to Empire. She gets rid of the rest of her storage unit, checks out the old plant, her old house, and then drives off. Yeah, I. I think I've talked about this in the past where it kind of seems like Frances McDormand is the only woman who is allowed to like unzip the jacket of being a woman and just like be free to do her thing without being like, I can't really think of another actor that really is afforded that luxury. Mm -hmm. And it's like a privilege, but it's also something she's very good at doing. Um, Yeah. It's kind of interesting thinking of like some of her major roles where she, She does that like Fargo mm-hmm. and controversial movie, but three billboards. But but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were scenes that I lo- like, you kind of couldn't have done this movie with somebody else because of the scenes where, like, when she runs into Derek again, like, there's a part of like my body that just kind of tightened because I was like, is he going to try to fuck her? Like, and if she were younger or pretty much any other actor, you just are like have this like constant like woman fear of like i'm alone i don't know these people like there's mm-hmm. no whatever but i didn't have to feel that during this i just got to watch this like woman actor do her craft and like go on this yeah. uh, like little adventure that i would love to go on without worrying about like whatever and my favorite scene by far is the one where she shits in the bucket in her van because at mm-hmm. first I was like, oh, you can't do that. Like, I don't like, 
I went back like 70 years in time and I was like, your husband's going to see this. Like <laughs> you can't, no. And then I was like, what? Shut up. Like this is representation. Like I, I get diarrhea and have to like shit somewhere crazy. And like, I don't get to really see a woman do it without it being for like comedic effect or like a mm-hmm. plot point. Like she just was shitting cause she had to shit. And yeah. I just realized like, Oh, it is so rare that we see a woman living for herself and not for like the benefit of someone else or as like support for her husband or uh, her kids. Mm-hmm. And it just, I was like, this feels cr- like it was so refreshing. And my favorite thing about this movie to just like watch this woman live for herself. Yeah. It's a great character and story mm-hmm. um, and getting to know these nomads even through fictional versions mm-hmm. of themselves was pretty amazing like Chloe Zhao originally wrote the Dave character as a pregnant uh, woman mm. but um and so then she says that her production team goes out ahead of her and like tries to find the people that she wrote and mm-hmm. then um they like tape them and then um they saw Dave and was like, oh, that he's perfect. And so then they rewrote it and they rewrote all the other characters to match um, who they found. Wow. Interesting. And then they spent, when they were filming it, the whole crew and cast lived out of bands for like four months. Wow. Okay. Obviously, I wish I had worked on it. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chloe Zhao does a lot of working with non-traditional actors. Mm-hmm. She says of non-traditional actors, most non-traditional actors aren't going to go on to be actors. Their careers aren't going to be benefiting from this. Mm-hmm. So she says you sleep better if you give them the support they need that way wow. instead of like trying to make them, you know, actors. Yeah, so totally. I think it's a very interesting uh, directing style that she has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the Safties do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. They, like, try to find. Yeah. And, I mean, some people are also criticizing her. They're like, oh, it's going to be a gimmick that she always works with non-traditional actors. Like, Why is nobody saying this about the Safdie brothers? That's, yeah. like, their thing. Also, she, she, I mean, she's making a Marvel movie. And, like, you know, she made, like, three movies. Give her, give her a chance to make more movies. And also, that's just the way she likes to work what's wrong with that literally what is wrong with that yeah i i don't like now that like we spent the first quarter of this podcast like apologizing for her and like for a movie that we liked and ultimately we feel like there were valid criticisms but she addressed them in a way that like is more appropriate than what a lot of other directors do when they receive criticism i I think it is it is that question of like balancing representation mm-hmm. that I think we see a lot like okay can a can a yeah like anybody can tell any story obviously mm-hmm. but like you know say a, a white filmmaker had made Joyla Club mm-hmm. or like directed and wrote it you know like yeah what would that be considered mm-hmm. yeah it seems would like that be considered say- like poverty porn and like you know, yeah. immigration, you know, those stories that those women went through and like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It so is, it's just like, like that balance of like, yeah, you want to illuminate those stories, but like yeah. how, how do you do it in a respectful way? Yeah. Anyone can tell any story as long as it is actually just white men can tell any story. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not one to say nobody can like white people can't tell totally. any story, but like do the, do the work, do the research, mm-hmm. spend time you know, on the reservation, like Chloe Zhao did. She spent like a year and visited after that frequently, like yeah. spend, spend the time getting to know the people that you're going to be writing about. Yeah. Yeah. And I even like- then, I mean, it's not never going to be perfect. Yeah. But it is also a movie. <laughs> yeah. So. It is ultimately a movie. And it was a good, it was a movie that both of us loved. Loved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch. Okay, so what are we giving it for Gongs and Ramen? Interesting. Gongs definitely, I think like I think I gave it like a four and a half. Yeah. Five, so good. Ramen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe same four, four and a half. I think. Mm-hmm. I yeah. liked. I like the way she directed it. I liked the performances and the writing of it and the messages it had. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably give it a four and a half or even a five uh, for gongs. Mm-hmm. And for representation, yeah. It, I thought it was, for women, amazing. Yeah. For people who aren't, like, I don't know, don't look like every other Hollywood actor. Mm-hmm. Like, for old people, I feel like, yes, great representation. And, like, cool that this Asian person had the freedom to not include a single Asian person in her movie. Yeah. Actually, next week, our guest also took a really big road trip. Yeah, she actually drove all the way from the Marianas Trench. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's she too, mech, if you can believe. Yeah, and she, too, pooped in a bucket. She pooped in a bucket, and it was really liberating. I honestly <laughs> cried because there was so much poop. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> A huge She's huge. Yeah. yeah, we say bucket. We really mean it was Both. the Grand Canyon. <laughs> exactly, nature's bucket. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks, guys, for listening to this uh, apology tour of a movie we loved. Loved it. Um, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Half hour.